I seem to get a haircut twice a year right now, which is a really bad, it's a really bad habit because you only really have a good haircut for about a month and then you just have neglect. You're wearing neglect on your head and <laughs> I mean, it's very obvious a, to everyone. Even a month is generous, right? I mean, I feel like those two weeks are a real perfect time. You got, yeah, you got a, two honeymoon weeks with your haircut before you're sort of starting to make like Real compromises with yourself about how you get ready in the morning. You're like, well. And then, like, the cowlick starts coming back. You're like, well, fuck it anyway. I'm not going to put product in this anymore. I'm not going to care about this anymore. It just looks like shit no matter what I do. And then you end up looking like me, which is, you know. I'm sorry. (laughs) What? I'm really inviting that sort of reaction. (laughs) And now that I've gotten it, I don't really know that I like it. (laughs) Take better better care of yourself. Get more frequent haircuts. Jesus. You're not spending it on red, Andy. You could be buying. Yeah. You could be keeping your, you could be keeping up the, keeping up with the Kardashians. I did. I did book my next haircut though for like six weeks from now. Did you? Which is something I've ar- hardly ever done. You got a haircut today and you booked another one for six weeks from now? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe you are taking care of yourself. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see how long this lasts. Yeah. That's what it's like to have more money than God. I don't, though. I haven't even gotten paid for this new job once. Well, I mean, but you'll get paid theoretically by the time you have your next haircut. The horse can't even see the cart anymore. But you you only just got the haircut today, you said? Yeah. So you rolled you rolled into work to looking like looking like wearing your your two years of of quarantine on your sleeve. You. I actually, I didn't get a haircut until I got hired at my new job. Yeah. Nice. Was it both of you? The first thing these new people saw of you was like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely been a shut. This, this is a real <laughs> Ted Kaczynski situation. <laughs> actually, I actually ran an event a few days ago with my horrible hair. <laughs> I was like, this is what you're getting. I couldn't get into my barber earlier than Monday. <laughs> you have to show up and like... You know, house slippers because you haven't bought new shoes in two years. Everybody, Saturday morning Tuesdays. It's old podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Rory. I'm Andy, and I'm Austin. You guys know the drill. Everybody's been here before. We've all danced this rodeo. We've all we've all the uh, traditional rodeo dances. <laughs> there are traditional rodeo dances. Yeah, I know. So now who's an idiot? It's me. Pie on oh. your pie Dick. on your egg. <laughs> pie on your. Oh. <laughs> sorry the egg pie sorry. is a traditional rodeo <laughs> dance snack as well <laughs> oh man have you guys ever actually been to a rodeo no i have not been to a rodeo i've only ever been rodeo adjacent because there's one up, up up in calgary just dating or dating a republican <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. I've I've kissed somebody who's been to a rodeo. 
No, the, no, the fun thing, I don't know whatever sort of like theme you're going for, Rory, but this is what we're talking about now. Do you think then that if we decide to go to a rodeo, we can sort of look at everybody winking the whole time we're there, any stranger will do and say, well, this is my first rodeo. <laughs> this is my first rodeo. Ah. Oh. You'd think this was my first rodeo. It is. It is. And then, yeah, we can kind of keep doing that. You just keep trying to set it up. You do. You... <laughs> oh, oh which, which rodeo is this for you? Four, three. <laughs> Say it. Ask me. Ask me Ask now. Me? Ask me now. <laughs> God. But is no. that even better than the second time when it, you know, than actually is in our first rodeo? Oh, when you actually get to say it? Right, because then we'd have a whole new thing to say. Yeah, but that's the thing you get to say forever after that point. I feel like you only get one first rodeo. Right. That's that's the real. But but in the context of a rodeo, you're at the rodeo and there's going to be a lot of veterans there. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, gonna, they're all tired of saying it. Yeah, and they're gonna know. They're gonna know if it's your first rodeo, and they're gonna know. You know. Oh, look! Here comes here comes Austin four four times four time <laughs> four time Austin at the rodeo. Here he comes. He's been to the rodeo four times. Right. And we yeah. Every time you get another feather in your cowboy cap. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have four <laughs> feathers in my cowboy cap. <laughs> This is my fourth rodeo. He say, he'd say <laughs> eating his traditional cat. rodeos rodeo dance snacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, you can you can count you can count the the kisses on your on your cowboy hat because you, you get to you get to kiss one farm animal at the rodeo. That's oh. true. That, and that's how and that's normally how, when people say, "What is this your first rodeo?" Because you, if you go up to if you go up to the horse, they're gonna know. Yeah, that's not it's that's a not a mistake. good pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The horse, you got to graduate up to horse. They'll kisses. eat the lips right off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I've it's seen it good. happen <laughs> at my first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> what are we watching today? Oh, cares? <laughs> this week we watched. More Robotech and more Exosquad. This is Skyhunks, baby. Yeah, it's Skyhunks. I actually, I actually am having a great time. I like, I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's a laziness that gets to be indulged when we know what we're doing every week and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, yeah, yeah. We don't uh, have to, you know, do any. The year was 1986. Plumb young... Wikipedia for hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we already, we already know everything there is to know about these two shows, or at least everything the internet is willing to teach us about Exos, Exo Squad, which is uh, little to un- none. unsurprisingly little to none. Yes, exactly. Um, but. I I think this will be a this will be a turning point based on how our discussion goes of whether or not we're going to continue watching Exo Squad. Is that the is that am I am I speaking out of turn here or is that where we actually are at? Well, I think if all three of us are on that page, then the conversation has already happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I think we'll have to get maybe to the end of our mm-hmm, of our episode mm-hmm. discussion before we kind of. You know, yeah, make any decisions. We legitimately haven't talked about it yet, so we'll we'll do it live. We'll 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 have our feelings. We'll we'll get in our feelings for you on this podcast about about these hunks. Um, and that is where we want to start today, right? We want to start with Exo Squad. I think yeah. that's I think that's the right move. Yeah, mm, let's dive right in. 
It was a golden age for all mankind. Using the incredible exoskeletons called E-frames, we had successfully terraformed Venus and Mars and were poised to move on to the outer planets. Suddenly, it all ended. We were pressed into a nightmarish war on a scale previously unimagined. We were attacked by our own creations, the Neo-Sapiens, a race of artificially created humans. Led by Phaeton, they have seized control of Venus, Earth, and Mars. This is Lieutenant J.T. Marsh, member of the Exofleet, leader of a small band of E-frame pilots dedicated to freeing humanity from Neo-Sapien rule. We are the Exo Squad. All right, Cal Pokes, uh, let's do our first rodeo. What is this? Your first week? rodeo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do our first rodeo of the week with Exo Squad episode five. Resist. That's the title of the. I know it was maybe you not wanting to listen to Exo Squad <laughs> five. Resist. Resist. Uh, but no, that's the episode title. Uh, here's the synopsis. While Exofleet takes heavy losses in the engagement with the Neo-Sapien fleet, the Able Squad frees Marsh and I think charges... It, that, I oh, hate it, saying this. Isn't it Alpha Squad? Am I crazy? Is no, it it's Able, Able Squad. Able Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha know, Squad I, might have been more normal, but yeah. Well, I thought the other two were like Beta and Charlie. Aren't they the normal alphabet? The normal I don't know. Alphabet? I thought they were. I'm not, I'm not gonna act like I've paid that close of attention to anyone <laughs> who I'm not supposed to. That if if they are, then it is weird. They're I like able the squad. idea that they couldn't get the rights for the phonetic <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> Look, any, NATO, any NATO said no. <laughs> any character who isn't one of the main squad members is just like a lumpy white guy with a mohawk, and so I really don't know who oh, anyone yeah. else is supposed to be. Yep. So yep. here, let me finish this shitty synopsis. Um, <laughs> With the fleet left for outer planets, the squad... What? Who knows? Uh, uh, the squad lands on Earth and has to overcome the Resistance's initial anger and mistrust. Together, they broadcast a public speech urging the Terrans to resist Phaeton's regime, after which the Able Squad escapes the planet on a shuttle. Yeah. That's, a tr- that's true. The things that you just read are true about this episode. Uh, yeah. I... <sighs> I was expecting more of a triumphant finale to this five-part kickoff arc. Yeah, it, uh, but I, I will say I, fi- I think I finally understand the thesis of this show. We Every week we've been talking about trying to figure out mm-hmm. sort of where on the political compass this show is because yeah, it, it, it's it, all it's, over the place. It's all over the place. So here's, here's my reading of this show. Uh War is awful and makes monsters of us all. And yeah. and I think that that's most evident by the way that the 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 humans are are basically mirroring the uprising of 50 years ago. And they're mm-hmm. just going to be trading oppressor to oppressee uh, forever, you know, in perpetuity. And 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 generating hate between on both sides like the uh the humans appear to open fire on a crowd of Neo-Sapien civilians. Yeah. Uh, and I just think everybody's supposed we're you know, it's almost like there's no protagonist to this show. You know, as a children's uh, show, it does huh. kind of push 
the uh, the Exo Squad on us, and they and they are the most likable. But even they are sort of without morals. It takes our Neo Sapien Exo Squad member. He's sort of the only person who has his shit together morally. And, and- and strangely, being put into the role of being the the one moral nice person, he's incredibly boring. Yeah, like like as a character, he almost has no. Yeah, well, because he's he's sort of perpetually being the mom. Yeah, and he's kind of he kind of has to be angelic because they've also put him in this role of being the like token. the yeah he's the token who also is like, but I'm on your side. Yeah, and so like. I don't know. It's like this weird, impossible position that makes him, I imagine, really tough to write, I guess, if this is what you're doing. But like, yeah, I mean, his his interactions are without interest to me. He just shows up and is nice. Everybody's pretty without interest. Yes. To me. Uh, Also, nobody's funny. Um, Yeah. Why is nobody funny? They really try with what's his what's his name? Wolf something or other who who burps. Bronsky, they try to make him funny. There's a sequence I'm trying to remember where he's just sloppy. Where... He's just a sloppy <laughs> boy. So if you remember from last week, Marsh, main character JT Marsh, was uh, was sentenced to death for mutiny against the shitty captain. And uh, at the at like the top of this episode, he's like, "No, we're under attack. I have to go pilot my E-frame." And they're like, "Nope, we're gonna follow orders and kill you." And all of his like best friend main character E-Frame pilots show up and they free him. And he's like, are you crazy? Well, we couldn't let them execute you. But now you're all mutineers. And the camera like pans past everyone and they're all like smiling like, <laughs> we know, brother. And it gets to Bronsky and he just belches at the camera. Uh. <laughs> hey. I don't really know what they were trying to go for with that, other than just the cheapest laugh possible from a small child. But it honest, honestly, I don't even think it's attempted at a cheap laugh. I think it's the writers just gave up <laughs> halfway through. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not too proud to say that I, I laugh at you know belch fart kind of stuff from time to time. Like it's why the, we keep you around. <laughs> it's so funny when he farts out his mouth. <laughs> I love the way you do that thing when you fart, but it's the mouth. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there are contexts in which gas can Sorry. be funny. I'm just imagining how funny it'd be to open your mouth and a fart comes out, like with the actual fart noise instead of a burp. And then you fart, and it sounds like a belch. Yeah. Oh, that is good comedy. <laughs> So, you know, there's a way, there are ways for that sort of thing to, <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> Doctor, I'd like to switch the noises. Uh, when, I, when I burp, I wanted to sound like a fart. It's going to be a wild one this week, huh? And I want you to put lips on my butthole so that I can burp from my butt. I hope we censored all of that. (laughs) I hope we didn't. (laughs) The people need to hear it. (sighs) Or doctors do so that they can make this a reality. (laughs) Doc, how much would it cost to fart from my (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so much better than talking about Exosquad. 
I'm so wrecked. I don't know why we do this podcast. Every now and again, we show up and we start recording and I just, I lose all control. And, and you guys could probably tell a really C minus joke and I'd laugh right now. I'm just in such a giggle mood. Mm. Didn't yeah, you guys used to a... call me Mr. Giggles? Yeah, we yeah. did. But I don't like insinuating that we're telling C minus jokes. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying I, you could. No, and and actually, that's kind of sour the mood. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll take my jokes elsewhere. <laughs> Fuck. Well, if the mood's already soured, we may as well uh, go continue back to Exosquad. Talking yeah. about Exosquad a little bit. So last week we had the frustration, and you know, JT was was you know, court martialed and, and had determined to be executed uh for disobeying the like replacement captain replacement admiral guy who sucks yes and his whole deal was just like uh well we should just take our fleet and attack earth and like no you can't because half our guys aren't going to be there and he was like fuck you i'm in charge you should die and that basically is how it played out yep immediately and then immediately and he's like, I don't understand it. Why we only have half our guys? Why are we losing? And then you know the 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 sick admiral who's the who's better who looks identical to this replacement admiral. They all have That's... the same haircut, the same lumpy white guy face. Thank you for saying that. They don't look different at all. No, it's awful. It's a <laughs> terrible decision. But he and wakes up. He's there. Yeah, he wakes up. He comes in a wheelchair and being like, No, you're. Doing a bad thing and whatever. I, I, God, I do not care about this show he ba- so much. He, he basically points out the exact like, it's it's almost it's almost upset. I mean, it is upsetting. It's upsetting as a as an intelligent uh, viewer to have the obvious solution shouted down by a shitty dude and then have it be like reinforced by the m- like the many personnel who continued to condemn Marsh to death for having a good idea. And disobeying orders, and then the admiral walks in and says almost word for word the good idea Marsh had, and then the day is saved, and the captain yeah. looks sad. Like it just it feels it feels so shitty. Yeah. It feels really shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess there's that like, oh, well, there's a grain of truth to it, because you know, real life chain of command stuff is dumb and and bad and tragic in that way, I guess. Uh but it's just it's just lazy. It doesn't feel it, like that's the point. No, no, it and and that's incredibly trodden we're, ground. We're yeah. making we're making cartoon villains uh, out of out of normal sort of out of characters who haven't earned it because the show is lacking in stakes and conflict. Yep, right, right. I, and they turned their uh, their bad guys the the meta uh, neo sapiens neo sapiens into complete cartoonish mustache twirlers right yep. and so there's also not a lot of interesting ground to tread there and so they've got to you know make these fake momentary enemies out of captains and other yeah guys. yeah it's it's really it's really too bad because we did you know as we've said and, one, and the reason we've watched this for uh four episodes now because we skipped one right is that there were glimmers of of interest where like in the first episode, it felt like Phaeton and the Neo Sapiens had something potentially subtle going on. Like there were some interesting, like, 
you know, they, they were going to like long play some some like maneuvers of their own. And they were like there was like some political stuff going on. I think and, it's fair to say the attempt was made. It is a, it is sort mm-hmm. of a failure at 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 being a, uh, you know, a mature show for children at, at every stage of 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 it. Like the action's not entertaining. The the political intrigue is sloppy and mostly not interesting, especially the like all the constant bureaucratic bullshit of it. Um, yeah, we've also lost all the scene setting and artistry that happened in episode one. Very much so, yeah. And the, like the 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 attention to to screencraft, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's gone. You know, there's something to be said for the attempt because a lot of shows don't even make that. So yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can give it a couple points. I I feel like we've already done that. Um, yeah, we have. And now, now all we're left with is the sand on our tongue as we as we slowly try and spit it back out. But I, I think maybe the the most frustrating part about watching this episode to me is that you could almost pick a random timestamp, and it's going to be a too close shot of a laser shooting a ship's hull, and you can't tell whose ship it is or who was shooting the laser, and or why or why or why right. we're or why we're invested. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're all these like neon purples and oranges and there's no real like cohesion to what team is doing what. No, absolutely. I, and we're sitting here trying to watch this to talk about it for a podcast. We're not even casually watching this. Like we're attempting to understand this show and it's very difficult. So yeah. that that's my biggest beef this week. Okay, so so let's just speed through this. Uh, yeah. So they, I'll get back to the rodeo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they uh, essentially they allow the rest of the fleet to escape. The Exo Squad escapes right in their little or able able squad, who is the Exo Squad, but they're part of the Exo fleet. Anyway, <laughs> and they and they pilot E frames. Yes, great. Uh, so. <laughs> Able Squad in all of their little machines, their fun little machines, they flee in a separate direction after this conflict uh, around Earth so that the fleet can escape and maybe someday return with the full force of, you know, the Exo fleet, I think. Who knows? They'll go build up their forces and come back someday. Right. But now we so we have all of our heroes are separated with their ships and they go down to earth to the outskirts of Chicago, or as I should say is now Phaeton city. (laughs) Now, actually I I have to stick up for the show with their decision to rename Chicago in, (laughs) in honor of their leader Phaeton to Phaeton city. There is something striking about a place that, you know, that exists in your mm-hmm. country being renamed for the conquerors. Uh, yeah. That kind of hits you. And then you're like, Hey, you can't rename Chicago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's how it feels. <laughs> um, what is and... this? Your first rodeo? <laughs> no, yeah, for being I, conquered. I, right. No, I, I mean, I, I agree with you again, the concepts that they play at, are not bad ones. Uh, I I think the the moment to moment drama of Chicago is mostly just the mayor of Chicago turning over and exposing his belly for treats. Right, and he's a he's a human. 
And yeah. he's, you know, a, a, a willful, um, he's a collaborator, you know, collaborator with, with the invaders. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, it's just all these story beats that we've seen like 30 million thousand, 12 times. And, um, and I'm not, I'm not all that interested, especially because they don't bring anything unique to the table. Uh, worth mentioning is that they do finally meet our, uh, our, our two plot lines, I guess, with the, with the main, like, exo, exo fleet, exo squad, E-frame pilots, and the, like, fledgling human resistance with Sean Napier. Uh, and... Yeah, the racist cop who... Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> ...is leading up the Earth's resistance. How fun. <laughs> <laughs> the like expressly racist cop. That's what I don't. Yeah. That's what I find. I want to. I I don't want to call it interesting, but it is. It is so deliberate that I I have to be trying to examine this choice because it's not like he just said something that has maybe not aged well over the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. He was yeah, they fired from the police for being too racist. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's and such then, a powerful sentence, too. Yeah, and then the police he, fired him for being too racist. It's yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and then he meets Marsala, the Neo Sapien on the Exo Squad, and he he continues to call him a sape, mm-hmm. uh, and then he calls him a Neo, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't think they'd also done before, but he really sort of hits like really enunciates, and I don't like the you know. No, both of them no. are bad. Whether that's the like, you know, and that the, one's the letter that that one starts the sticky with. Sticky N, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not a yeah. good one. Of it's course, safe, safe, safe has some unfortunate rhyming. Uh, it also feels bad. characteristics. Yeah. They they're both ugly and awful. Yeah, yeah. I I guess yeah. I mean, I I feel like I feel like those are obviously intentional choices, but I just don't think they're done with a particular amount of delicacy. They, they, no, no, not at all. There's there's. It's a, it's similar to the way that they just, I mean, it's not like you can't say concentration camp, but like to just they do sort throw of it out there, yeah. To just kind of with no pomp or circumstance, just start talking about concentration camps in the context of this show. It it also felt kind of jarring. Like ah oh, man, I don't. Well, I don't know it's if one I love of those things where it's like the there's a there's a line between commentary and participation that I think was crossed. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, um, well, they're they're trying to do it all right. It's like they've they've enslaved the humans and they're also registering them with with, you know, chips uh, and yeah, sending ID them chips. to camps. <laughs> and also they're going to take over them in their home. Like some it seems like some people aren't enslaved and it's hard to know exactly what's going on here. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, in a way, it's a sort of like. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale, where like just everything bad you humans have ever done is being inflicted on a you know single right. single group. Yeah, but it does not feel in any other way like like it is doing the Handmaid's Tale. That's a such a generous <laughs> comparison. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll say it's it's the it's so brief. I almost don't want to give them points for it, but. I did kind of like one visual moment they had. Uh, Sean Napier knows this reporter who has sort of started, you know, working for Phaeton TV, uh, sort of, you know, doing doing the uh, the regime friendly news. And uh, 
they're you know they're marching people off to the the first like registration situation with all like the ID chips and stuff, and we see we see them marching single file and we see how sad the people are and her voiceover is large enthusiastic crowds have turned out for the first day of mandatory civil registration i don't know there's there, there's something about that like kind of extremely bleak uh uh juxtaposition that that i sure. i did like i did like I as did, a tool i did like that too i mean the way that you know a, a news anchor for i guess maybe certain stations can sort of very perkily describe completely horrific things happening and yeah yeah know, that feels that feels real hey i found a good thing i found a thing i liked <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know you know I, mean, I just i just realized that mm. this is kind of like if the handmaid's tale was like women taking over men <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you know a little bit and then you're like what do i what what is this supposed to mean <laughs> that the feminists are coming for us? It's See, like, men are oppressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's weird. They're trying to they're trying to have it both ways. And yeah, I, and their I don't points enjoy are all right, but their actions are all wrong. <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't know how to feel. Uh, this is morally complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I think this is probably the end of our journey with Exo Squad. Is the vibe that I've gotten. I mean, I think uh, that's the right vibe, man. I, I mean, we've given it four shots. Mm-hmm. To well, wow okay. So oh here's boy, where here I'm he gonna. Well, here's where I'm gonna come in, and I, you know, I feel like we did something similar with uh, Pirates of Dark Water, okay. where we did not escape from the like five part introductory arc before the show really is apparently supposed to be the show. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like we've got one more, I don't even want to call it shot because this show is already done for us. Like we're, we're, (laughs) we're done with it. But at the same time, I am just curious enough to see what something outside of this, outside of this intro. Well, I, I would, I would, I would give you that. Here's, here's my, my hesitation. Uh, Within the, you know, within the, the context of, of everything we've watched and, and, and all of our commentary has been mostly focused on character, plot, story, in, like all the stuff that is, uh, is sort of more troubling to us. The, the truth is, at its most non, it, it, its purest nonsense form has not been entertaining. Like, mm. I don't, I don't know that an episode lacking everything that we find annoying would have substance to it, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. And the rest of the season are all mini arcs that are also another series of four, three, four, five episodes. Yeah. And we would, you know, start one and it would end on a cliffhanger and be like, yeah. well, we don't know what happens after this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what didn't we... <laughs> Didn't we, for some show back in the annals, uh, we just watched the last episode? Didn't we do that at some point? We've yeah, we've done that the, a couple we times. The last episodes of certain things. I think we watched the last episode of Digimon at some point, right? Uh, 
or was that was that Monster Rancher? No, we we jumped ahead in Digimon. We jumped did we very do, far. I guess we made, didn't do Spider Rider, did we? We or talked the end about of it. Season one, rather, maybe not the very end of the mm-hmm. the tie. St- I don't know. Uh, I, I am now forgetting which episode we watched. It was deep. <laughs> it's been so long. We've done it, too many shows. <laughs> we've watched. We have watched the last episode of a few shows. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll decide. I'm leaning. I'm leaning. No, I think we can. I think we can swap in a fresher. More sweet-smelling hunk. I think there are mm-hmm. more hunks on our horizon. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's, there's, there's bigger hunks in the sea. And honestly, I'm not at all sad about not watching the show. <laughs> I'm, I mean, if I get curious, I may see what else is going on with the show and report back. But yeah, I don't see myself doing that for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, whenever you feel... At this point, feel... it's more of a sunk cost fallacy, right? Right, exactly. We've spent too much time with it, and now you're like, <laughs> it's become a growth. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then goodbye. Goodbye, Exo Squad. We'll talk about you again really briefly in an outro, but for right now, we got to go make some money. See you, Space Cowboy. Guys, it's Patreon time. Gotta you gotta clean off those books and keep them up to date. You gotta do. Yeah, uh, gotta update the Patreon books because we've got it. We've got it. We've got a new uh, high level patron who deserves deserves to have their their marbles waxed, uh, which is a service we provide. We wax your marbles. That's it's in the book. We do as the book we do tells need to us. clean off. Yeah, because it's covered in wax, um, marble wax. <laughs> it's a very special marble wax. Uh, would it be creepy? You idiots if we... don't know anything about playing marbles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would it be creepy if we if we did a one two three and then we all said the new patron's name? Oh, that's fun. Okay, one two three. Josh. Marble wax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'd like to thank our new patron, Marble Wax. And also Josh. Josh, thank thank you for joining our Patreon family. It's a treat. It's the great jokes like we've done just now that are a great reason to become patrons of ours. Yeah. To want to thank us for being so funny. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for being funny. And two... Uh, to join our family. And you get to, to put three. an explicit dollar mark on just how funny you think we are. Yeah. 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 Uh, Eight dollars. And, you... <laughs> and when you when when you do that, you also get a whole bunch of content. Uh, different tiers, yeah. all kinds of different tiers of money and content, and you get them. Yeah. And we've got them for you, just sitting around, and also updating new stuff. We've got cool stuff for you. Yeah, I would say the the highlight the highlight for for me and what I would assume for for most people. Well, to be honest, the highlight for most people is to get to support us uh, because I, we have a lot of really kind patrons who I think don't care too much about our extra content. But we make it anyway because we want to give you some cool thank you shit. 
And for me, the bang for the buck is at the $5 tier where you get access to all of the like bonus content we've made for the Patreon. Uh, and if you pay $5, you get access to all of that from the beginning of the Patreon. So like you can jump in and just sort of have like a, a backlog of a chunk of episodes to listen to. Like the one we did about the, the boat, boat girl anime. Uh, the one that we did about the, the Pendleton Ward, Duncan Trussell podcast, fever dream cartoon. There's a whole bunch of really fun shit uh, in there. Do we do totally spies for we Patreon? We did do totally spies for Patreon. Yes. Uh, and yeah, no, there's there's a whole bunch of shit in there and we're going to add more to it this year. There's going to be several more fun episodes that we're putting out. Uh, and yeah, I, I I think that it's it's a good place. Uh, and hey, here's a fun thing. We have a Discord and you should join it. And if you're a Patreon, you get a special color on our Discord so that everyone knows that you've ranked us with money on how funny you think we are. <laughs> Yeah, and also if you like postcards, uh, mm. we have a tier that uh, Infinite Backlog's own Shane uh, does the art for postcards and sends them to you every month, and you get those as well. I think uh, he writes you a sweet note, too. Yeah, yeah, he does a little sweet note. Yeah, it's it's worth it to me. I get him for free, but it's <laughs> fully worth it. We, get, we have the cow, so the milk comes free. Is Shane the cow? I'm so sorry, Shane. Anyway, that's about it for Patreon. I'm so glad that you, uh, Josh, have joined us. I'm so glad that all of our other Patreons have stuck with us after all this time. Uh, we love you. Please consider throwing us a little dime or a quarter or whatever you want. Uh, we make this free, but we accept the money as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know what episode this is in, so please go back and enjoy it. <laughs> yippee ki yay hey there, friends. We're back. God, We're that still... is such a first rodeo thing to say. <laughs> look, I'm embracing it. This is my first rodeo. I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to fall on my face, and I'm going to say yippee ki yay hey there. And, you know, this is my experience to have. It's my cringe memory, and you can't take it from me. So, okay. So I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to kiss that horse. Up on your your high horse. <laughs> this is Robotech. We watched another episode of Robotech, and we we skipped one. So this is uh, this is episode eighteen because we skipped seventeen. Seventeen was called um, oh what the hell was it called? I've got it up here. It was called Phantasm. Uh, and I'll here I'll briefly tell you what you missed in Phantasm if you didn't take a look at it. Phantasm is basically a, a a a fever dream that Rick Hunter has in his like injury coma and he it's it's a bit like a clip show they reuse a lot of footage um but it's like there's new dialogue on top of it he has like 
a bunch of like he imagines Lynn Kyle as Bree Tai, like a big, a big scary uh uh Zentradi and huh. Minmay is like in his hand and she's like oh Rick Hunter I can't date you and he's like no <laughs> and like he relives that whole episode where they're trapped in that area of the ship no one knows about and then they go through that fake wedding but it has all this different dialogue and every time he keeps bringing up stuff about their relationship she just falls asleep and he's like god damn it stop falling asleep Minmay huh. uh, and then later when they're doing the wedding as he's like about to kiss her he just like it like shifts and now he's kissing Lisa and he's like, oh, and then there's a giant Zentradi there watching going, you'll never have Min May. <laughs> this is about as fun as somebody describing their dream to you. Yeah. At work. <laughs> yeah. It's not. I, I think it could be fun if we had all the time in the world to just do a Robotech podcast, but in a world where we wanted to kind of like continue watching interesting parts of Robotech, I thought it was totally skippable. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And you know what I love about that, too, is that when you start episode 18, the show is like, oh, did you skip the last episode? That's okay. Uh, <laughs> it, because it starts with Rick still in the hospital, just like recovering, like yep. nothing happened at all in episode 17. Uh, yeah. You literally mm -hmm. miss nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about Robotech 18. Uh, no spoilers. The episode's called Farewell, Big Brother. And I'm Gasp. sure nothing bad happens. To Big Brother? No, to Big I would dream of it. Yeah. So here's the synopsis. As Rick recuperates, Roy tries to convince Minmay to take a break from her busy schedule and visit her friend. A female Zentradi power armor pilot named Miria is intrigued by Chiron's hints about a human ace pilot who could be more of a match for her and sets out to find him. Roy prepares to go into battle. Perhaps for the last time. Oh boy, there was just no uh no hiding it for them, was there? <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh we'll get to we'll get to that tragedy later uh yeah. we've got we've got a whole fun episode to talk about before that <laughs> yeah uh right off the top i want to talk a little bit about this first scene rick is still recovering like you didn't have to watch episode 17 at all mm -hmm. uh and lisa comes in with flowers and there's a line here that happens very fast but rick says hey why the long face did you come to bury caesar uh, which is a, you know, kind sure. of a Mark Antony line from Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah. I I come to bury Caesar, not to, you know, whatever. But yeah. why? why? Can you help me understand I'm, why? I'm he sure he said something a little bit more approachable, uh, a Japanese colloquialism that they translated and did their best to approximate yeah. rather than switch. And it's always the wrong decision. Right. Exactly. I I have no idea. And I don't have enough Julius Caesar knowledge to uh, to try and explain to you a literary reason to make that illusion at this moment. Uh, and I didn't even really clock it. When you said that, I, I have a memory of him saying that. But I think it just washed over it me. Washed, yeah, I had to take it back. In the <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh I do like this scene though. Lisa is Lisa is clearly racked with guilt because it was kind of her fault that he got hurt while she was doing the extremely cool Daedalus maneuver. Yeah. 
Um, and she was all getting all moon eyed over Lynn Kyle, I guess. Yeah, she was having Lynn Kyle blackouts. <laughs> it's just actually very common. <laughs> yeah, I get him. My doctor says it's normal for a guy my age. <laughs> yeah, and then he laughed. <laughs> I don't think he was serious. Uh, uh, so she's she's sad, and Rick's trying to make her feel better, and and it doesn't work. She's she's clearly despondent, and when she gets back to the bridge, I. I love how much of a of a, a just straight to the point friend Claudia is because she's like, hey, I bet you're sad because you love that Rick Hunter guy, right? <laughs> and now the sting of Cupid's arrow strikes home. What? You needn't be ashamed to talk about it, Lisa. It's very simple, Lisa. If you're in love with him, go after him with everything you've got. But I couldn't. Lisa, you're in love with Rick Hunter. Isn't that true? <sighs> what should I do, Claudia? Well, she mm-hmm. says that, and then she does give her the advice that you should smile more. Be a woman. Stop moping and smile more often. You should be a woman. You should smile more. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I think a man wrote this episode. Probably. Uh, and I just, you know, I don't love feeling that. But it's, it's a little akin to being like, you should get over, you should get over your dead husband real quick and. And smile more. Like it's like it's got weird. It's got weird energy. She's clearly going through some stuff. Yeah. You know. But yeah. But I still appreciate their friendship. I suppose it's worth mentioning. I mean, perhaps it is a global thing, but I I, I don't know it to be true that men around the world are telling women to smile more. It doesn't. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I hope it not. It, it, <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sort of charged uh, instance mm-hmm, of dialogue, mm-hmm. but could be. It's not like not like Japan's known for its progressive gender takes. Right. Uh, exactly. So, exactly. I, you know, I, I just I don't want to speculate, but I also don't want to overly attribute, you know, sort of uh, American culture mm-hmm. onto onto or, things or how this was how this was uh, and a text adapted. from around the world. Yeah. So basically, then there's that question. Everybody's visiting Rick. In the hospital. Everybody's coming in. You know, uh, Roy's coming in. The other pilots are coming in. Yeah, Ben and Max. Uh, ben and Max. And they're like, oh, who gave you those flowers? Did Min May give you those flowers? And then we find out that Don't Min May hasn't that even. Name. <laughs> Min May <laughs> hasn't even been in the hospital at all. She has no idea. Well, we don't know she doesn't know. No, we don't know she has no idea. We just, she just hasn't gone in. And if we needed another reason to be frustrated with Minmay, this yeah. is it. You haven't yep. seen our boy Rick Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 a little bit like they're rubbing salt in the wound, uh, especially because Ben is extremely obvious about just really wanting to bone down with Minmay and is not <laughs> he's not shy about saying it to a guy that he knows is into Minmay. Uh and has to be dragged out of the room because he won't stop talking about it. Um, and Roy decides that this is his time to be a big brother. Uh, and he's going to make sure Minmay comes and visits Rick to lift his spirits. Uh, I guess I guess he's just trying to set up a booty call. And <laughs> and he he he's also trying to set up one for himself. So he goes and meets with Claudia, his 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 steady girl, and she knows where Minmay is. And then they make a date for that night. With a, right. a, li- a line that I really like, where uh, where she's like, "Sure, Commander Foker, dinner tonight. If we're lucky, breakfast." 
<laughs> I like that she's Ooh. the horn dog. I know. Yeah. Yes. I mean, with Roy around, how could you? How could you not? <laughs> well, well, we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> no. When he's not. No. Oh, um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, not yet. No. We have to talk about the alien perverts. Well, yeah, they're like 30 second subplot in this episode that I guess is still developing. Yeah. Uh, they there is kind of funny, though, because they're just walking around downtown Robotech or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, you just sound like such an idiot. <laughs> they're in downtown Robotech, right? And uh, there is a street vendor who's selling Minmay merchandise. Uh, little, little mini min maze, uh, mini maze, I guess, uh, yeah. little that dolls. are, yeah, little dolls, but they, they do like a, you know, I guess they had, they say things or they, you know, it's like a slightly robotic. I, mm-hmm. I felt, I felt for these guys. They just, they're walking down the street and some tchotchkes catch their eye. Yeah. A- and immediately three babes start just haranguing them for it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Three hotties well, are just like, look, man, these lo- these guys are losers. <laughs> Many well, like dolls. dolls. You're de- <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Pervert alert. <laughs> it looks to me like you're playing with a Minmaid doll. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it's just that I've never seen a grown man playing with a doll before now. Uh, well, what's wrong with that? You're just too old for that. <gasps> Adults don't do it. You silly man. Only kids play with dolls. <laughs> well, it's so funny because as they walk up to, we've all we've seen are these three dudes wandering around and being kind of weird and seeing the dolls. And then we cut to three women we've never met before going like, oh, gee, what a shame that we're three women with no three men to hang out with and nothing to do. <laughs> Will you look at us walking around with a day off and nothing to do or no place to go? Gosh, how boring. And not a man in sight. Well, and the the three perverts get the doll because <laughs> they think it is robo technology because that's their whole mission is sort of figure out <laughs> yeah. the Micronians robo technology. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is some kind of robot robo technology. So we must get the doll. It's for the for, mission. For the mission technology. It, oh, it's not because of our new sexual feelings. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then they deal with these ladies and then have to lie and say that they are definitely from Earth, from a cool place, Earth, like this building, the disco. They work at the disco. <laughs> right, and then the ladies drag them then into the disco. And, and I they're, then, they're like, oh, no, we have to protect our cover at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it sure would be a shame if we had to kiss women to, in order to keep our cover. <laughs> And they're definitely keeping the doll. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, No, it's it is it is entertaining. Like they're they're kind of goofy jokes, but it is entertaining how they, you know, misunderstand technology in this sort of like Mister Bean sort of way. They just sort (laughs) of like stumble uh, haplessly into encounters with no idea of all the customs we do, which. Mm Is actually it's it's actually done kind of well, and I and I I, I it, it makes me smile. Yeah, and I mean it's obvious what they're doing, but I I appreciate it as as a uh, you know a stepping stone towards understanding that you know 
the cultural exchange is possible. They're not just like spooky giant green aliens who are bent on murder. Like with just the just the the tiniest bit of exposure to the the Micronian culture and a lack of oversight, these guys have <laughs> become goobers. Mm-hmm. And 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 I like I like that. It's like okay, there's there's hope for this, and yeah. and we're seeing it here in this comic relief bit. But like in a way, this is what the show is about. Right. Like like to a to a to a real degree, like. Like this is this is at least what the Macross arc is is about is like, you know, finding finding the common ground with an with a an enemy by via cultural exchange. I mean, like it's it's mm, yeah, I bet. It, <laughs> and kissing if we have to <laughs> in the disco, <laughs> kissing in the disco. Um. Then we got Miria. So we've kind of seen Miria a couple times. Um, I think maybe we met her in one of the episodes we skipped, but we've seen her that show up. That makes sense, because I still don't really know what her whole deal is. She's a really good pilot. She's like their ace pilot and uh, is, you know, sassy. And because of how good she is as a pilot, she has a bit of leeway. And she has a bunch of people that work under her and who are loyal to her in a way that is similar to Chiron. And, you know the chain of command seems to be constantly uh, disobeyed over on the Zentradi side anyway. So she kind of goes rogue and does her own shit. And she's very excited about hearing that there might be a really good pilot who's a human that she could go have a very satisfying dogfight with. Um, and that's like her whole deal. Yeah. So, so this begins this chunk of the episode that feels a little out of nowhere. Um, Things take a take a turn in this episode. It's kind of yeah. fun and it doesn't I mean, you can look back later and realize, I mean, one, if you know the episode title, Farewell, Big Brother. And I still then, don't know what that means. I'm sure everything's fine. Sure. Uh and then the Roy's All right, I'll come back later for our date. You, you know, know, we're gonna So I kind of wonder if the amount of uh, egregious foresh- not even just foreshadowing, like foretelling uh-huh. uh, uh, of Roy Foker's death uh, may <gasps> have been some back- <laughs> some backpedaling on the uh, American side of things. Uh, he dies uh, with a no pomp and circumstance, right? And yeah, yeah. and not really a lot of uh, like we don't kind of see him getting hot water as a in in disguise a little bit, but not with any certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing I'm still like really well, reeling over. Well, and I can I can I tell you a fun fact? Yes. The episode in of Macross that this is taken from is not called Farewell Big Brother. Uh, uh, yeah. It's One called it's called Pineapple Salad. No. <laughs> oh god. It's like a, a real a real knife to the heart. Okay, explain the pineapple salad again, because I don't know if we if we <laughs> yeah we haven't said anything about it, but that's what he's really excited for with his dinner dinner date with Claudia. He's like dinner tonight. You got it, kid. But I'm only coming if you promise to make your famous pineapple salad. And there's a fun sequence as he's like taken off to go fight the enemy, and he's in good spirits, and he's like talking to the the bridge crew, and he's like skull leader takeoff preparations completed. Your squadron is already in the air, Commander. Good hunting. I'll be hunting for a pineapple salad. Uh, 
It sounded like he said he was hunting for pineapple salad. <laughs> like everyone in the bridge crew's like, what the fuck? And Claudia just giggles. <laughs> yeah. It's charming, if not, again, very, you know, he might as well have just checked the locket on yeah. around his neck and be like, sure love being alive for my one true love. <laughs> yeah. But at least the episode title in Japanese didn't just give away the fact that Roy dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does feel very, very much like this was supposed to catch you off guard in a way that maybe. Yeah, I agree with you, Roy. They were probably scared to do. Well, yeah. it also I mean, it, it also kind of feels like this episode decided to get up and just casually kill Rick Hunt or, or Roy Volker, Roy Volker, uh, just somewhere, I don't know, halfway through the episode. Like, you know what? We could kill Roy Volker. <laughs> yeah, because it's not because it's not part of, you know, the fight for their lives. It's not this like sacrificial, incredible savior moment in the main arc of the story it's just like oh no. somebody managed to go off like a monster of the week did it you know and off camera yeah 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 it's it's you know i mean i don't i'm not gonna I, i'm hesitant to give them too many points for this sort of storytelling i guess but like you know it's about as meaningful as most soldiers deaths are right right sure right yeah like and i th- i think it 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 is I, artistically, I am fascinated by it, and I think it's it's a really cool thing to do. It's just, it's ballsy. Yeah, uh, it's also the episode where the perverts go to the disco. So. Uh-huh. Right, right, and and most of the episode is is still spent like we didn't mention that before this attack happens that Roy goes to the set where Min May and Lynn oh, Kyle yeah. are at. Fucking Lynn Min-Mai's, Kyle. I know who I sour, think is playing. Sour is he playing the romantic mm-hmm. lead opposite? Yes. Inmate? Yes, he is. In this movie they're shooting? Yes. Oh, God. Again. <laughs> Cousins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, no. It's... We have to kiss for a role. <laughs> not. We the had show no. show must go on. Sh- oh, darn. <laughs> What an what a hilarious uh, circumstance we find ourselves in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the so you know, and Min May goes off to the hospital room where Rick is, and then she promptly falls asleep because she's very tired. She she's comes wiped. in, is like worried about how she looks, and, and yeah, just li- kind of crashes on his bed. And then her manager finds her asleep in a in a in a bed that's not her own and has a little tantrum. Right. Yeah, he's like, you don't have time for boys. Think about your career. And then just sort of drags her off. And, you know, I want to have sympathy for Minmay in this moment. And I kind of do. But at the same time, like, you know, in the context of all the other, like, sort of emotionally, like, shitty things that she's done over the last, you know, chunk of episodes, it's 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 hard to feel too bad for her. I guess yeah. I don't. I don't know if you're on the a movie page star. With me. It's like, oh, she's overscheduled. Look, we're all overscheduled. We're all tired. I'm, <laughs> and she's know, boat sorry. famous. Yeah, <laughs> and you're boat famous. There is a weird moment though, uh, because Rick finds out. He kind of wakes up and finds out that there's an alert because this attack is happening, and uh, including that Zentradi ship, Miria's Zentradi ship, going inside 
the Macross, which we'll talk about in just a second. But he gets up out of bed like he's going to go fight. Yeah. Like he's going to get to a ship and then we don't see what happens and it cuts and he's back in his bed. And I, I kind of wish I don't know if this was cut for time because huh. I know all the U.S. episodes are cut, but he kind of gets up to go somewhere and then that doesn't like yeah. pan out like we don't see him. Well, he watches the fight. I don't think we see him watch it. Yeah. Did we watch different cuts of this? I don't know. And I just saw him get up. I saw and him, yeah, I'm on with Austin. And then it, and I, then it cuts a scene. And I know he says he hears the battle sounds and he kind of goes to investigate, but I don't remember seeing him watching the skies. Oh, yeah, because he, he like, at least in the version I watched, he like wanders out of his hotel room, or not his hotel room, his hospital bedroom, and uh, there's like a big window in the hallway and he sees the, he sees the, the, the mechs like crash down into the city in front of him. He's like, Hey, that's max. And, oh, that's like, right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And he's like watching it. He like watches the beginning of the fight, but he, he, he clearly has like some sort of like deep concussion because as he's standing up and starting to do things, he's like, ah, like clutching his head. So he's in no shape to actually go do anything, but yeah. yeah. But then there's a cut, it cuts to a scene where he's just gone and right. May's alone with her manager. Right. And so it's like, well, where did Rick go? Mm-hmm. And then another cut after that, and he's back in his bed. Minmay's gone. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's, it's it, it, that part weird. is a little weird. Yeah. The fight with Max and Miria though is very cool. Uh, I want to say. I mean, yeah. It's, it, it's like there's. I, I don't know. It, it feels a little bit like maybe the budget held them back a teeny bit in this moment. Like it wasn't quite as cool as they wanted it to be. But I like I like the idea that she like got into the city and is like busting down some buildings and and you know there's there's a couple really neat animation sequences of of uh and i know we've talked about this before the sort of macross missile barrage mm-hmm. that that this uh that this series sort of is famous for where she's like shooting missiles at him and you know they do that like shoot outwards and arc t- in towards something and i and i'm i'm a sucker for that shot every fucking time uh, yeah, no, it's amazing how much suddenly the stakes ramp up when there's a enemy ship inside mm-hmm. Macross and it's just like, oh, fuck, there's people, there's people here. Yeah. And she has to retreat at the end because she, you know, she's sort of out positioned and is like, "I'm. it's too dangerous for me to stay. And I I liked that the fight ended and neither Max nor Miria felt good about it. She was like, this fucking sucks. I had to leave. And Max is like, this fucking sucks. I wanted to kill that pilot. Like, I feel I feel unfulfilled. This fight well, didn't get to end for me. Well, and what's also really cool is that none of the main characters were sort of directly involved in this conflict. Mm hmm. Uh, Miria comes down looking for an ace pilot. And I guess, I don't know. I was thinking it's like, oh, that's Rick, right? They're not going to find anybody, you know, because it's Rick or it was going to be Roy because he's, you know, mm-hmm. this is his episode to be. But <laughs> yeah. then Max comes in. And it's sort of like this, this battle between Max and Miria and Roy's just kind of supporting. And he's yeah. the one who goes down. And this is not like. Again, it is not built up in any way that most scripts tend to want to heighten the drama, which which is effective because, you know, like a lot of the times you can kind of you can smell a character death a mile away when somebody who hasn't been the star of the show is suddenly in every scene. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> right. And I do wish uh, Roy had been in a few more of these plots leading up to this episode. Yeah. He's it kind felt, of been gone. Yeah. It felt like they kind of forgot about Roy the last like four episodes. And then like, well, I guess if we're not using him, we might as well, you know. Motherfuckers act like they forgot about Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. So. I actually really like the the scene that precedes his death scene where uh, there's just a couple of random like technicians uh, fixing up Roy's ship after the battle. And it's like pockmarked and terrible. And they're like sort of like, Jesus, like, how, how do you get out of this? Like, this is this is this looks really banged up. And they climb up and they look into the cockpit and the guy looking into the cockpit is like, what? And he's like looking at the chair. And that's all we see. Right. Uh, Before that, though, there was a line with, I think, uh, uh, Lisa over the radio chatter when he's in the ship. And it's like, you're losing altitude, Commander Foker. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm great. But how about Max? Did he come through okay? (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm coming in. And, you know, there's a a, a little bit of a complaint you might have of why didn't he just go to the fucking hospital instead of going to get that pineapple salad. But maybe mm. maybe we're just sort of supposed to assume that he knew he was done. Yeah. For. Yeah. Yeah. He had one, you know, one yeah. mission. To get <laughs> pineapple, pineapple salad. salad. <laughs> Dynamite gal. Um, <laughs> yeah. He he shows up at Claudia's. We, we cut over to Claudia and he's uh, obscuring his grievous laser wounds with a, a big acoustic guitar. <laughs> and he's playing guitar. We've all done that, haven't we, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. You got to hide those wounds from your ladies uh, by being the cool guy at the party with the guitar. And yeah, he he just fucking collapses. And I don't even think he gets to eat any of the pineapple salad. No, it's just sitting there. The eternal tragedy. <laughs> a, a prepared pineapple salad just sitting there on the counter. <laughs> Could you tell... It's made in the pineapple, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's served in a cord pineapple half. Is the pine is there actually pineapple in the salad? Do you think, or is it just a regular salad served it's just in like a pineapple? A green, <laughs> no, a green I assume salad. It, I assume it was all a euphemism. <laughs> yeah. I assume it's one of those like it's cottage cheese and pineapple. Ugh, no, I like I like what Rory's going for. That maybe yeah, it was a specific right. fun specific fun bedroom time that they just collectively call pineapple, pineapple salad. salad. <laughs> <laughs> it could be both. Um he fucking dies. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's gone. It's really fast. It's really fast. It's really upsetting. It's and just this, uh, like stark shot. Also lacking uh, much, much uh, grace is the way is the way um, uh, Rick finds out. Right. Uh, which which is, you know, it, it, it is. It's Lisa came to tell him because she feels bad and she wants to, you know, let him, you know, deliver the news uh, with care. But to just. For Rick to just be told, right? He doesn't see it. He doesn't yeah. like he does. He's not at the hospital with them. He just finds out after the fact. And that is a bummer. It is. It really, really is. I. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it felt bad. It felt really yeah. bad. And uh, and they just kind of like there isn't there isn't the normal kind of like exciting final moment or 
you know, next time, you know, like, this has been a great day at Robotech. Like, yeah, some I mean, sort of cool does, ending. Yeah. It's just like, Big Brother's dead, and there's like a slow fade to black. Big Brother. My Big Brother's dead. In our next episode, Captain Global begins a journey. It's, yeah, it's jarring and, and odd. I don't know. It's cool. It's well, cool. he's also Rick. Rick is in his uh, in his hospital bed with a, a little airplane, a little model airplane oh, that has right. the skull and crossbones like Roy's ship does. Mm-hmm. And he drop when he hears the news, he drops the ship and it dramatically falls and breaks. Uh could have done without that, I think. Yeah, it's a little overly symbolic. We get it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's far too cute. But yeah, again, we get it. It's like, all right. And it's just for one shot, basically. It, w- it would have been nice if it was just like on his bedstand or something and he knocked it over rather than yeah. playing with it like a four-year-old. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yippee! Ah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy death. It's a crazy way to take a, a major character out. Yeah. Um, and I, I I can't decide if it was like top brass told the creatives like, all right, uh, well, we got to knock Rick off or Roy. Fuck. We got to <laughs> knock off Roy in. I don't know. How about episode 16, 18, whatever. 18. Pick one. Uh <laughs> And they're like, okay, that's kind of right in the middle of another arc we were doing. Can we now just fit it in? <laughs> Kill the mentor. Do it now. Yeah. Uh, or they they planned it all along to be just as, you know, inauspicious. You know, yeah. Just as kind I of mean, and I'm willing to give that to give that benefit of the doubt because it is effective in its in its sort of nakedness. Right. Yeah. 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 Shit. All right. Let's go back to the rodeo. Let's do it. (laughs) That's been the rodeo, everybody. That's been... We went to the rodeo. It was Austin's first time. He had his he had his lips chewed off by a horse. We told him it would happen. Uh, everybody at the rodeo had a good laugh at his expense. The rodeo uh, king got up and said, that's been the rodeo, and it was yeah, officially over. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, some guy stayed on the bowl for very long. Mm. Oh, yeah. Very I long. I learned that. I learned they do that. The clowns are very funny. No, the clowns the... were funny. I love those uh, clowns. But I can't smile because I'm just all teeth now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a ghoul now. <laughs> I am. I'm a bit of a ghoul. You're a lipless ghoul. The rodeo, a lipless rodeo ghoul. <laughs> The people walk by you in the street and they go, oh, that was his first rodeo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we we axed a show in, mm-hmm. in real time. We cut ExoSquad. We're done. We're tired of. of... We excised ExoSquad? No, yeah, that works, go home. I guess. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Bye, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're we're going to find a new show to watch, I think. Uh, we might have some ideas for. I think we do. Yeah, uh, and we'll we'll keep on going with Robotech. Uh, it won't. It's not going anywhere just yet. Yeah. Uh, this is this is fun so far. I think we're we're right here in the halfway point. Hell yeah, we're in the half zone. You know what other zone we're in? Is, no, what zone are we in? 
we're 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 in the Sorbo of the Week zone. <laughs> oh, hey. oh, disappointed! This, of course, the Sorbo of the Week. This is our still relatively new segment where, uh, based on an old joke <laughs> that we're dead serious about. Yes. Uh, where Kevin Sorbo cannot listen to our podcast, and we've now listed a series of people who we also believe cannot, similarly, cannot listen to our show, are not allowed, just simply by law, are not allowed <laughs> to listen to our podcast, just like Kevin Sorbo. Um, and uh, the person we're picking this week is actually, and I want to give con- I want to give context. The Oscars did just air, so I think you know what's coming. Please yeah, continue, Austin. Yeah. The Oscars just aired. Uh, we are giving the Sorbo of the Week to Ted Cruz again. Um, <laughs> Ted Cruz, a second time. I believe it was last week that we also gave it to Ted Cruz. Uh, but just in case, just in case there's any miscommunication or he didn't catch last week's episode, because I think we stated that he's a listener. Yeah. Um, maybe not anymore, but uh, definitely now, definitely not anymore. Uh, because just again, a second time this week, Ted Cruz, you are sorboed from the podcast. You can't listen anymore. And just an extra emphasis on that. You suck. And apparently, apparently I'm going to say this as well. We have learned, uh, that he name searches himself on Twitter, uh, for what people say about Ted Cruz. So if you're inspired to maybe give your opinion of Ted Cruz, uh, he may see (laughs) you'll find out. Yeah, and so uh, you can also ruin his day uh, just a little more. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Ted Cruz, you're sorboed again. The double sorbo. <laughs> oh, I could do that trick when I used to skateboard. <laughs> were you a were you a board a board bunny a board bum? A I boarder? was a board bunny. I used to have sex with skateboarders. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That, that came out nice of my mouth warm. that that's what that should have meant. <laughs> well, I, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I learned a term. I learned a term the other day that people who want to have sex with the fucking rodeo people are called buckle bunnies. <laughs> oh. Well, with that knowledge, uh, we're going to go to our second rodeo <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> Wearing our most bedazzled buckles. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next Tuesday.